Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Big pitch set out on top, but the ball is loose. And now they get it to see that it's going to be Louisville in front. I shook up the world. In BCS Bowl terms, you guys shook up the world. I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, you're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. Fly, fly, fly. First and third, two out. The 2-2 two, two from Iggy. Swing and a miss. The cards are headed to Omaha. Welcome into another edition of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all-UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch, Zach Cantrell behind the glass. Zach Tech! <laughs> Flawless. <laughs> Flawless on the open. You know what we do at LSL, all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting, and we're going to be talking Louisville basketball all show long because... We're gluttons for punishment. Yeah, that's why we want listeners. Don't don't tell them that. That's true. We but, do want listeners. But it's also we're on the cusp of search season, so you know usually listenership increases. Six tenfold. more games, guys. Six more games. I can, I can't calculate how many game minutes it is. I think it's two hundred eighty-eight. Is that right? 48, 96, 144. Yep, 296 games. No, it's just two hundred eighty-eight game minute games. Forty minute games. I'm thinking of the NBA because I'm still thinking about the. Joke that was the All Star game. Hey man, that, yeah, took yeah. that over. Took it, that over. Oh, if you took the under, you should be banned from gambling forever. <laughs> Two hundred forty minutes to go. Let's go. There we go. Unders are a terrible way to die. You don't want to do that. Exactly. Unless you're betting Virginia basketball games. True. True. Virginia basketball, Iowa football. That's the whole like the Spider Man meme. <laughs> it really. Yeah, is. yeah. Absolutely. It really is. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three-nine is the number to get at us. Of course, the UPS Jobs text line is thirty-eight thirty-one. 93-9. T-Money, where you want to start, man? Um, Louisville, obviously shorthanded. Still, uh, if Sky Clark and Tyler played, Louisville still loses. Certainly, I thought it would have been a more competitive game if those two young men had played, but they did not. Louisville's shorthanded. They've been shorthanded um, all season long in one way or another, but still, a loss is a loss. Louisville is dead last in the ACC, 8-18, eight and 3-12 and overall. Taylor, get this: twelve and forty-six is Kenny Payne in his tenure here. Five and thirty in ACC play, and I believe now one and twenty-six away from the Yum Center. Ugh, is yikes. that bad? Is that, yeah, is that bad? I feel like that's bad. That I bad? feel like that's bad. 
It is. I feel like it's the Costanza meme. He's like, was that wrong? Should I not have done that? <laughs> yep, I think that's what we're saying now. Uh, what, two years ago uh, here upcoming March? Because oof, this, this has been um, yet another season, Taylor, to forget. And we thought 13 and 19 was bad. <laughs> Four and 28. Hell, we thought 4 and 28 was bad. Right? So, goodness gracious. But, hey, you know what? They've doubled. They've doubled the win total. And so and, there you go. And this is though. Hang the banner, boys. Hang the banner. I still think though, man. <laughs> at the end of the day, like I'm just, I'm yearning for the day the Carnation can be reunited once again because I hate seeing the fan angst taking it out on one another when we all want the same thing. And like like Zach said, 240 minutes to go, six games, whatever. Let's just turn this page. And I feel like. We said this two years ago because we did. It's just let's turn the page. It's it's another chapter for Louisville basketball, and hopefully this chapter is a hell of a lot better than the past two because it's been rough, man, but better days are ahead. I am sure of it. Absolutely, and I think that – you know we're we're counting down the the minutes. We're counting down the games, and and we're we're ready to start coaching search radio, and we're ready to turn over a new leaf and and get some good vibes back into this program, and get some good vibes back into this fan base because it's been a while, and we've we've kind of been through the ringer, and uh and it and it's time. It's time for us to move on. It's it's I think everybody at this point Thank knows you. it's time. Even the most staunch Kenny Payne supporters have to admit and have to understand that this is not good enough and that it's time for something to happen and it just kind of feels like we're getting to that point and and I'm and, and Kenny's going to be fine and Kenny's going to go on and he'd be an assistant coach somewhere or just sit back and and kick it and just enjoy it because he's going to have enough money to do so but we're going to be able to get back to our winning ways we're going to be able to get this thing back on the right track and, and you and I have said it on post-game shows for weeks now that better days are ahead that we will be back that Louisville will be dominant again like they were before and it the only variable is time and and the time is is getting near did you guys i don't know if you guys felt this or not but i watched the ohio state purdue game obviously and you could watch that game and you could see how much those guys were looser how much more energy they played with the crowd was more energetic did you watch that game and think man why didn't we do this after the game against the team up the road or why didn't we do this earlier in the year because Shocker, teams actually play harder for an interim coach. I mean, the Raiders, the same thing with Antonio Pierce. So did that thought ever cross your mind watching that game? You no, know, I've just been so numb to the losing that, like, I just, I don't know. It's I've said this time and time again. You're in the twilight zone when you're talking about Louisville basketball because what you've you've come to expect with this program, even in the down years, this has just been such a different outcome that we're used to. And I think with all of the losing, the 12 and 46, the 13 and 19 before that, you beat a bum team at home that you're supposed to beat. And then, you know, some fans start thinking, oh my gosh, here, here's the momentum. This is what we're talking about. Now, may, maybe this maybe this staff can work. No, you just beat a bad team at home that you were supposed to beat. Nothing more, nothing less. And, you know, you did have a, a good win against the Miami team that's probably not in the tournament more uh, more often than not, more likely. So is it a good win anymore? I mean, can we even consider yeah, the Miami think, game a good win now? I think it's a good win, but it used to be a great win. I don't mm -hmm. even know if it still falls in the quad one category, to be honest with you. 
Um, but, you know, I don't know. So I, I, I think at the end of the day, though, Taylor, just because of so much losing, are, we, we have to recalibrate like, oh, wait a minute now, this is still Louisville. And this is still a top six, seven program nationally. And I think people have to, some, some people have to have forgotten that when it comes to this upcoming search season, like mm-hmm. there, there's what, 363 division one programs. I mean, Louisville can get 98% of those coaches, 98% of the three, whatever yeah. that number is, because that is the cachet that this program carries. And you know, I think last you know last couple of weeks it's been the must bus. I think now, um, you know, we're rowing the boat for oats or whatever the hashtag is. <laughs> That's PJ Flex thing, isn't it? Yeah, PJ Flex row the boat. Uh, you know, I've I've seen the hashtag motorboat for oats. Wow, I mean, that's aggressive. Well, I mean, you know, it's. <laughs> If you if you can get them here, I mean, we're going hot and heavy the first ten minutes. How about that? Absolutely. I Jeez. do think. Don't you think, though, honestly, that if if he was the hire, if Oates for some reason is the hire, that that would be as close to one hundred percent an agreement. Carnation would be if you had that. I think it's the closest thing to a slam dunk hire that we would have this go around. Really? Okay. I, I think it is. I think it is. I think because... So who would, with, be, who would be a slam, other slam dunk hires, in your opinion? I think Scott Drew's a slam dunk. I think... I think probably Nate Oates. And, because I'm looking at it from a variety of different... A diff, variety of different things here. You're looking at the on-the-court performance, obviously. Um, the NCAA tournament performance... The are they a program builder? Um, what have they? What kind of success have they had? And then what kind of a what kind of a coach are they? What kind of style do they bring? What kind of a person are they? What kind of uh, how's their recruiting been? Mm-hmm. And to me, Nate Oates and Scott Drew check all of those boxes. I mean, yes. they're they're elite recruiters. Uh, they they've had NCAA tournament success. Scott Drew has won a national championship. Nate Oates was so so close to making it to a Final Four uh, in 2021 when they played UCLA. Um, they they both check all of the boxes. Now the the buyout for Nate Oates is is pretty significant. I'm not sure what the buyout is for Scott Drew, but. Those, to me, are the two that when you look at it, you're like, these are the ones. And, and there are some other hires that would be, obviously, that would be very good hires. But those are the two that you feel like, okay, if we get one of these two guys, we feel really confident that we have the best possible coach for the job. Yes. They have the least amount of question marks to me. Mm-hmm. And this, and make no mistake, this this coaching cycle, every coach is going to have their warts. This is not like when we hired Patino, and then mm-hmm. some could say when you hired Mac. At least on paper, when you hired Mac, I mean that was what nationally praised as an A plus hire. I don't know about a yes. grand slam, but it was a home run hire. Um, certainly, you know. But again, unlike Patino, Mac still had 
you know, a little bit a little bit on his resume that could give you some pause. I mean, again, it was a great hire at the time, but both years I remember, Taylor, when he was, I think, when they were the one seed and a two seed, they lost in the second round of the tournament. I remember when you were kind of pouring through his resume, that stood out to me. We were like, well, he's done good. He's, he's done really good at Xavier. He's the, the winningest coach in mm-hmm. Xavier history. But then when you really kind of break down what he's done and what he's, you know, what he's done well and what he hasn't done well, there were several double-digit loss seasons. And then two, arguably, two of the better seasons that he had in the regular season, they flamed out in the second round. So, you know, like like you said with Oates, I mean, everybody's going to have their, their warts. But overall, I mean, I'm with you. If you can bring in Scott Drew that's won a national championship, Nate Oates, those two... I think would be the surest things that you could get. And then Cardination, I don't know if it would be 100% unanimous, but it'd be pretty close to it. Can you imagine that offense? You watch Alabama play. That's like a team that shoots 53s a game. They mm-hmm. shoot nothing mid-range. It's all free throws, layups, three-pointers. It's the most efficient offense in the country. It's probably the most aesthetically pleasing offense of all mm-hmm. the coaches you could possibly get. And he's yep. doing it at a football school where he had the biggest – giant lurking over him and Nick Saban where everybody focused on him so now he could potentially go somewhere that he is the focus and he has success in the Midwest before of course he was a high school coach in the area I think Nate Oates would probably be the best possible hire they could get if you can't get Scott Drew I think Scott Drew's number one I think Nate Oates would be a pretty solid number two absolutely hands down 8150939 is the number. Loyal Lawrence will lead things off this evening on LSL. What's up, Lawrence? Hey, Ethan. Hey, Taylor. What up? What's up, man? Ethan, what are you talking about? We ain't going to come. We're going to all come together. You want to know why we're going to come together this summer? Yes. TBT. TBT. Yeah, buddy. Yes, sir. We, we all going to come together as Louisville fans. Yeah. Be happy watching Louisville basketball once again because we got Montrez Earl, we got Peyton Siva, and come on, you already know Russ and Mahan is playing. Kyle's going to be playing. We just got to get Ryan Man, Wayne Blackshear, my boy, Luke. You know you listen to this right now. We need y'all to come out, come out of retirement and play again. Because I know those, those knees and shoulders ain't the same, but you can still go out there and put up three-pointers. And Let's do it. Ethan, <clears throat> Ethan Taylor, we all know who's the right coach for this team. Mark is not doing it this year, but it's a seven-foot who still lives in Louisville who did – he was an interim coach when Matino got let go. Come on, David. Come on, David. You know you want to coach this um, TBT team. David Patton. So I haven't spoken with Leaves. Is he not going to do it this year? No. Okay. That's what. That's what I heard from Marcus. They okay. Said he's not coaching. Okay. So if, if you can get David Patton. Oh yeah, I'm down yeah. for that. Yeah, so, and Lawrence, I, I'm glad that you brought that up with the TBT thing, man. Because yeah, this past summer, just for those couple of weeks, it was so much fun. It really was, and you 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 got the, if you went to the games or if you even watched the games, you could tell the passion in the fan base. Everybody was you know high fiving, standing on their feet. It just felt 
briefly like old times. And that would be a great precursor for a new chapter for a new chapter for Louisville basketball by uh, TBT returning. And I know the team up the road is getting one, too. Yeah, I, I mean, saw that. Say we meet in the Final Four or whatever. Mm. That would be great in the summer. Are you kidding me? That would be fantastic. It's a rival in the summer. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would. I Sign me up for that. And think year. about it. Whoever the, whoever the head coach is at the time is going to probably be at the TBT game talking to the former players, mm-hmm. talking to the fans, Get to know the fans. Whoever is the head basketball coach at the time is going to get to know the city of Louisville at the time. See, see what kind of fan base we really have. Instead yeah. of the fan base we're not we're not getting right now at these games. Like mm-hmm. I'm still rooting, I'm still watching the games, I'm still rooting the team. But <laughs> Saturday night, boy, oh god, yeah, that was bad. That, like you let you let um, you let a guy who's gonna probably play in the YCA for the next couple of years get forty one points. Well, I, th- I think Henson's at least the G League guy, Lawrence. <laughs> I, I think you're selling a little short there. He's a he's a shooter, but when he's left wide open too, I mean he's gonna make you pay. And you know that's but that's just what this team does is let somebody else cook. Um, boy, like um. Uh-huh. But uh, Ethan, Ethan Taylor, like you said, six more games left, probably seven. We're going to see what this team can do. We're going to see what they can do against Notre Dame tomorrow night. Hopefully, um, Johnson and Sky Clark can play. If not, we're going to have to rely on Mike James at point guard once again. I, I think Mike James did play decent at point guard, but come on. You got to <laughs> – you got to at least rebound the ball. You got to at least play some type of defense. Yes. And stop letting, stop letting one guy on the other team score 30 to 40 points on you. Right. Because that's been, that been the case for the last couple of games. You just letting guys just have the greatest game in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and I know Kenny – I understand Kenny. And y'all need to stop with the third year. He's not getting a third year. No. I'm sorry, but come on. Third I don't think truly anybody believes that anymore. Maybe a few a few folks did after the Georgia Tech win, but I still think after this past week where you took it on the chin to a mid-Boston College team and then Pitt embarrassed you, I mean, surely, surely, like everybody realizes that this is this has not worked. This has been a failure. It's time to move on. Surely. I just want to give one shout out real quick, um, Ethan. Yes, sir. I want to give a shout out to all those Louisville fans who we uh, who we talked to on this Twitter space after the game. True diehard Louisville fans. Mm-hmm. Speak how we want to speak. We can't hold. We ain't holding back on the phone. We speak our mind. I just want to give a shout out to every single one of them because I enjoy in that Twitter space talking Louisville basketball with them about and about the whole situation. It's good to vent, man. It's it's good to vent, and then that's that's what we're. I am confident that, you know, in the short term, in, in the very near future, everybody's going to be on the same page once again. I am confident of that. So come on, Earl Clark, get on this team. <laughs> let's get, let's get wavy, Earl. Let's do it. Thanks, Lawrence, man, for the phone call. Appreciate it. 
Um, Taylor, yeah, for the TBT, man, that was that was fun last summer. That that was that was really enjoyable. They had that big autograph signing at, at a Planet Fitness. The lines were long. You know, of course, you know, it was a bunch of the 2013 champs that were out there. It, it was it was a fun time it, for a brief moment. We all remembered what you know what Louisville basketball is all about. It was one shining moment. There. <laughs> Man, I just I, what I would give, man, for Louisville to be on, uh, in that just just like a two second clip. Hell, what we wouldn't give right now to hear. Welcome to Dayton for the first four. We've got the Louisville Cardinals, right? <laughs> right. Yes, that's the NCAA tournament. Now you know what I mean. Like it counts. It does. It counts. It, it does indeed. <laughs> And like, and say you know, say you play on that Tuesday and you win, and then you're into the first round on that. Like, so you have two games back to back. You know what I mean? Like, it's just fun again. Nothing beats when like you play early in the first round and you win, and you just kick your feet up and just watch all the other oh, yeah. games. And then you're like, well, when do we play the winner of this game? Oh, it's at, it's at eight fifty. Well, I'm staying. Yeah. You know, I'm watching that. It's one. at nine ten. Taylor, I do think you would actually stay up. For a ten thirty tip, if that was if Louisville played the winner of that game, am I wrong, or would you still I, go to sleep? I would definitely have to call in the next day, but your boy would probably would probably stay up for that. Quinn Slazinski for West Virginia. He's on the TV. He has ten points. Um, West Virginia is as bad as Louisville uh, this year. They're <laughs> eight and seventeen. Uh, but um, Q Slaz, what what was what was that nickname that nobody liked that I gave him? Ah, uh, Swaggy's. Uh, yeah, that's a terrible nickname. Just what saying. was it? Oh man, I want to remember what that Q is Slaz? now. Q Slaz? No. I Q thought Slaz. it was Q Slaz. Yeah, and people are like, ah, oh, you shouldn't get a name. It was dumb. You shouldn't get a nickname. I guess you're right, but he's he's balling out for West Virginia. I think he's averaging like 13, 14 a game. You know, he yeah. Had, how many games have they won so far? Eight. They're eight and seventeen. Yikes! Looks like they, you know, they're. But they're they have the excuse of Huggy got fired before the season, so true, yeah. true, and it's true. still not four and twenty-eight. That's yeah. right. No, the TBT will be fun. I, I didn't get to get out to any games last year, so I will probably make my way out uh, this summer. Now that we're going to be rolling with the TBT again, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number. Kathy is up next on LSL. Hey, Kathy. Hey, one of these nights I'm going to beat Lawrence getting in. I tell you, <laughs> you, you got to be on your toes because Lawrence call, usually is. Well, I, I called I called a couple of times and nobody answered the phone, but somebody was sure trying to get a hold of him while he was on the phone. Um, I'm glad the TBT is coming back. I loved it. I thought it was great. But, um, well, I'm, I I listened to some a part of the game, but, I get disinterested, but I always listen to the after-game thing because I want to hear what they say. And Clyde's here, and he's sitting on my lap, and he thinks he needs to be petted. But anyway, um, I I tell you, a name that hasn't been talked about is the coach from Iowa State. Now, you talk about some defense. That man can coach defense and you know uh i don't know if we can have what his buyout is or not but you know 
even when Chris Mack was here, I can remember when they were talking about Patino was going to re- when Patino retired. The talk back then was, "Oh, we'll get Chris Mack," and I think Chris Mack would have done okay if he hadn't gotten sideways with uh, Mrs. Ben Depudi. I think, and when the kids were playing hard, I thought for Mike Pagese and. Um, I just don't, I just don't see that this year. And will uh, JJ Trainer get another year of eligibility, or is he out of eligibility? And um, when do you think the announcement will be made? Probably that. I hope it's made the night after we play the last game of the season that we're going to play after the tournament, you know, because surely we'll play one in the ACC. But one thing we have to look forward to is the football team probably next year is going to be in the top 25. So we we do have that to look forward to. So uh, we just got to count down the months now till football starts until the and count down the day till the basketball coach uh, uh, gets higher gets started and go cards and I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. All right, Kathy. See ya. I love Taylor. I love Kathy. Just, just. Gets right after it. I love tells it. it tells it like it is. Yeah. Give give uh, give Clyde some pets for us. Yeah, Kathy. But you're right though. If she didn't have another cat named Bonnie, what are we doing? What a missed opportunity. There's, there's only, not a come on. There's not a female cat named Bonnie running around that house, and that is a missed opportunity. Oh, absolutely. We had a texter send us this snippet from Nate Oates. Now I don't know if this is pouring warm milk on your oats. <laughs> Uh, uh, but uh, this is from the, the Tuscaloosa News, um, I, I'm assuming a few months ago. It says, Oates, 49, signed a contract extension with Alabama in February 2023 that keeps him in Tuscaloosa through the 2028-29 season while making him a top-10 coach paid nationally at $4.5 million for the 23-24 season. It grows 200000 each year. His contract also included a large buyout, which could serve as a roadblock for potential suitors. The buyout is big for a reason, Oates said in February 2023. I don't plan on leaving it for anywhere. Now, everybody says that. I get it. Mm-hmm. But he also said this. I didn't know this. I was a high school teacher not long ago. I am not paying a $12 million buyout. Yeah. So I didn't know he was a teacher at one point. Oh, look at that. Um, I don't care, man. Money talks. You're right. You're right. Um, another texter said, I would cut throats for oats. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I mean, he may love Alabama, and Alabama may love him, but he will never be bigger than Alabama football. I don't care who the head coach is at Alabama. I don't care if it's, you know, if, if Kalen DeBar comes in and, and he keeps winning the way that Nick Saban won. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter who the head coach is. Alabama basketball will never be a bigger draw and more important than Alabama football. And if Do NATO want, is yeah. cool with that, then then yeah. awesome. But if you want to be in a place that truly values 
basketball, and I'm not saying we don't value football. We absolutely value football, and, and honestly, I probably value football a little bit more, and I know that'll probably get me canceled, but whatever, come after me. Bro, um, you, you've been you've been boisterous in that. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. You like football better. It's fine. But but I but I think if you want to be a head coach at a place, you always want to be somewhere where you feel like you're valued and your program is valued. And I think that he definitely is valued in Alabama. But if you held a gun to the athletic director's head and said, you know, which which program matters more, he's going to tell you Alabama football matters more than Alabama basketball does. Yeah, it's not even in the same discussion. Yeah, it's the same thing dealing with Ohio State. I mean, the football program will always be king, but it's a, to the same point, Nate Oates has been rumored for that job as well. Could that not be, to some people, a potential selling point? As far as you can just – if you go out and win, that's great, but you're not the mayor of the city. You're not the guy who – you know, it's your ass if you don't win games. Like, if Brian Day doesn't win games at Ohio State, he's getting fired. If you lose a couple basketball games, people are like, oh, well, that's not great, but uh, How we'll many days on. until spring football? Uh, right. Yeah, how many days till spring football? That's exactly right. But I, but I think that's a conversation we had about Chris Mack. Like, I think Chris Mack would love to be in that situation. Yeah, he's an ex-coach at Ohio State. I'm already putting that out there. Uh, absolutely. I put three names out there, so I'm I'm going to take credit if they hire one of them. You heard it here first. There you go. I mean, yeah, I that would be a great landing spot. No, no, Sean Miller is he on the list for Ohio State. He's one of them. Yeah, he's one of the three. So we'll see. I, I, Zach's you know, got odds on this. He's he's got money on this. Of course I do. That's what gambling's for. So yeah, I did. Did you all see that the list that had KP? He was the favorite. I think it was plus one fifty to get uh, fired next. Yeah, and I, I apologize on behalf of the LSL Twitter account. I did get got with the Jerry Stackhouse. So did I. Getting fired. I got That's got. All right. I said it on the show when but I was co-host. I was hosting the show the other day. I was operating under the assumption that Jerry Stackhouse got fired because I saw. Well, it he Sunday. will be. Yeah, he's gonna get fired. Yeah. So I was reading the odds. I'm like, Tanner, did he not get fired? I'm like. Oh crap! Yeah, <laughs> awkward. Yeah, you know, and I should have, I should have known, but it's okay. It happens to the best of us, man. Yeah. We've all gotten got by Twitter bots before. Yeah, so you know, got but... got by a Twitter bot. Mm, I was a poet, and I didn't even know it. What did you guys do on the UConn Creighton game tonight? By the way, because we chatted about that a little bit. What was the action you guys went with? Um, I would probably take UConn in the points. What is it, four and a half or something? It's two and a half. I'd take... Oh yeah, UConn in the points. Um, I would do that. Um, I did take the over in Villanova Butler. Uh, I needed that three to go down, but they're the best team in college basketball. Oh yeah. Oh, it's UConn. not even close. And it's not even close. Nope. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they won every tournament game by what? What was it last year? Like fifteen? I yeah. think it was. They're on. They're on another level. What they did to Marquette was just disgusting. I mean, they they literally basically played with them for a half, and then they were like, eh, okay, this is boring. It's time to put them away, and yeah. just demolished them. The ESPN BPI, I think, only gave UConn a 47% chance to beat Creighton, so they're all in on the Blue Jays. So something's t- they're trying to tell us something. And so, yeah, I, I didn't didn't place any wagers on that one because it's just I feel like that's just kind of, you know, have some uncertainty there. I'm Are not- you all in on McDermott, Ethan Moore? Because I, I, that's been a name floated around for the Louisville job. Man, I like him. I, I don't think he's he's not among my favorites. Um, for he's a little too job. vanilla for me. Yeah. Um, he just feels boring. His track record, I mean, his, his resume is good. Um, Can th- we make Dougie Buckets an assistant coach? Dougie Buckets. Where is, is Dougie Buckets? Is he still in the G League or floating around somewhere? I think. I mean, he was in the. What didn't he play for Chicago? Yeah, he played ago? for the Bulls for. He's Gar- He is absolutely going to be an assistant coach. He's going to be the quintessential coach's son, of course. 
Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I, I think regardless of who we get in, we're going to have to just face the reality that every coach is they're going to have their downside. Every, every rose has its thorns. <laughs> just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. That's right. But just like every night has its dawn. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. This is just <laughs> this is poetry in motion. We both lie silently still in the dead of What? Never mind. Nothing. Okay. I was just going from the very beginning. Doug McDermott plays for the Pacers. How did we not know that? Well, you know now. Of course, the if he's going to play for an NBA team, of course it's going to be the Pacers. The Pacers. Love it. No, I mean would he be would he do well here? Sure. Um you you're right though. It's just kind of it's kind of blah. But back to my point, whoever we get, though, and I'm not saying this to be a snot or, or disrespectful at all, but whoever we get is going to be a major upgrade from, 100%. from organizational capabilities, from a recruiting standpoint, from a day-to-day operation standpoint to having a plan, having it executed, interacting with the media, literally whatever realm that you need this coach to be to to be better in whoever you get will be much better than kp so i had an interesting conversation this week we've got a big event going on at work and we've got people in from uh all over and we've got some folks from arkansas uh in town and we all went to dinner last night um and i sat across the table from a couple of them and of course they wanted to, to talk about basketball and uh they were asking about, you know, Kenny Payne and when's he going to get fired and all of this stuff. And, and we started talking about what's going on at Arkansas. And they're like, man, I don't know if Musselman's going to make it to the end of the year. And I'm like, I'm, huh? Yeah. And like they're, they're ready to run him out of town. So I'm a little concerned about the must bus just because you never want to be I, – I don't want us to be Cincinnati. And what I mean is when when Satterfield left here and, and went to Cincinnati, we were like, <laughs> well, all right, well, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, see ya. Uh, and Cincinnati fans are like, why why are you why is this why are you not mm-hmm. upset? Like, why is this okay? Like, I, I don't want to be Cincinnati in this scenario where, you know, we get to the end of the year and Arkansas is like Musselman's like, yeah, I think I'm going to Louisville. And Arkansas is like, I think you should. That's a great idea. Right. I mean. So, but I'm glad that you brought that up. I am glad. I'm excited. Easy for you to say. Right? I'm glad you brought it up because I feel like people are belaboring this bad year over the top in an over the top fashion. Because I do think if you look at Mus's resume, what he did at Nevada, what he's done at Arkansas up until this point, and but that that also speaks to what I was talking about with the coaches. Anybody that you're going to get, they're going to have a clunker of a season in there. Mm-hmm. And still, like, his winning percentage is, is over 700. Um, you know, right now we're at what? What's our winning percentage? What's what's 12 and 46 in the 200s? So right there, I mean, that goes to show you how much better overall Muss has been. He has coached in the NBA. He's coached in the G League. So he has that going for him as well. 20 points uh, – or. 0.206 winning percentage, by the way. So, so Muss, as of a couple weeks ago, was 0.714. So, we're, you're, you're, 
you're winning over 50% more of your games through his career over, what, eight, nine, ten seasons than what KP has done in, you know, in a year and a half. And I feel like, you know, when you when you look at Arkansas this year, yeah, they're not good. It's obvious. Uh, they're what they're twelve and thirteen. They were winning at halftime at A and M. I think it's a tie ball game now. A and M's probably winning, but I still feel like there's a lot of drama behind the scenes with this year's Arkansas team for whatever reason. I wouldn't. That doesn't now. Does it dampen it some? I'd be lying to you if I said it didn't. But I could still really get excited and still be ready to board the must bus despite this past year. Does it give me pause? No. Um, it, it does dampen the excitement a little bit for me, but I think when you look at the entire body of work, you know, a, a few Elite Eights, a, f- a few Sweet Sixteens, several 20, 25-plus winning seasons, mm-hmm. that's what's going to get me riled up for the future of Louisville basketball. Um, and now, if, if, if he had a, a terrible year sprinkled in, you know, two or three times in his 10 years, then I'd be like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll pass. But just this one year... I'm willing to look past it because of what he's done before that in such short order and the style of play, his ability to attack the portal, his ability to land talented dudes out of high school. I think, you know, he would fit here. He gets the magnitude of this job. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, now, is he my number one? No. But he's up there. And I'm still, guys, I'm not ready to dismiss Mick Cronin. And I know – Mick is the pick. That's annoying. Whatever. Well, you were totally off the Cronin bus a couple of weeks ago. So now you've you've at least you're at least standing at the bus stop now. You're not back on, but you're at least you know awaiting the arrival. Yes, I mean, I just feel like though, and this applies to just like it does with Muss. I mean, Cronin at UCLA, Final Four, Sweet Sixteen, Sweet Sixteen. Cincinnati, his resume wasn't very impressive. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't Louisville standards. I mean, getting to the tournament and losing in the first or second round, uh, you know, cool. But that's not that's not successful at Louisville. Uh, I think he only made it to the Sweet 16 once in his time in Cincinnati. That's not good enough. But I think at UCLA, he has shown the ability to get to the second weekend on multiple occasions. He has, you know, high 20 win. I think he has a 30 win season at UCLA as well. So, and those are the things that, that'll get my attention. He, like Muss, is having, you know, a rough year. However, he still won eight out of his last 10. They're third or fourth in the Pac 12. And I get it, the Pac 12 is not that good. But still, I, I think he doesn't have top tier talent to work with because of the NIL situation there at UCLA for whatever reason is not as strong as it would be here. I, again, he's not my top pick either, but I, you know, I think I feel like maybe I'm wrong. I feel like a lot of people have already just outright dismissed him and I get it. He's prickly with the media, but that, that goes though, Taylor with every wart that potential coaches are going to have. Like, every single one of them, maybe with the exception of Oates. Now, is this a bad thing? He has a $12 million buyout. I mean, is that a wart? I mean, obviously it is in terms of securing him, but once he's here, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm i not well-versed in Alabama's runs, who they lost to. I know they made it a couple Sweet 16s. I don't know who they lost to if there was, you know, if they were upset in the tournament when they were a, a high seed. But still, any coach that you get 
is going to have, well, they're great and I'm excited, but you're going to have that. So you're just going to have to accept it and embrace it. And through it all, uh, you know, we're going to be eager to turn the page regardless. Well, most recently you had Nate Oates uh, getting to the Elite Eight in 2021 and losing to Mick Cronin's UCLA team. That was uh, so. So you had that UCLA is 14 and 12. Uh, Arkansas is actually 12 and 13, um, and they are currently still leading uh, Texas A&M. It was 44 to 40 in the second half last time I checked. All right. Well, so uh, so I mean, yeah, they're not having good seasons, but prior to that, they have shown. I mean, we're we're all aboard the must bus, right? Two years ago, who was who yeah. was the guy that you wanted over Payne? I. I Payne was Scott in my Drew. top three. Okay, Payne was in my top three, I will admit. Uh, but I was Muss first. I don't even know who was second, I, honestly. I, di- I remember saying, and how crazy it sounds now, I remember saying, if it's Cronin or Payne, give me Payne all day long. <laughs> well, you got Payne all right. Oh, yes, I Oh, did. don't you worry, brother. You Pun, got all the pain you wanted. Pun intended. Yes. But I remember saying that, obviously, looking back, that – that was a ridiculous statement. I, I found w- the official song of Louisville basketball, which is Pain by Three Days Grace. They nah. just keep saying pain all the time. It's like, I'd rather feel nothing that pain than nothing at all. Well, you felt a whole lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think now people are just going through the motions, man. It was just like... And that's I'm, what it feels the- like on, on the post-game shows yeah. with, with the callers. It, it just kind of feels like people are calling in because it's like, yeah, I'm supposed to call in and here's what I think and... I mean, hell, the other night, Spencer and I had, I think, four calls, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, and that, and, but, but again, too, it's like, what else is there to say? <laughs> right. I mean, this is terrible. I'm mad or I'm, or I'm apathetic. KP is bad. You know, he's destroyed the pro. Like, what we've heard it all. Now, again, if you want to talk who, who you think would, would do the best here. Uh, to replace them, sure, there's always room for coach season or for search season. So, but I don't know, man. That that's just part of it. It, it just it. I hate where we are. Again, it's the twilight zone. We're so numb to all the losing. I'm ready. I'm ready to turn a page yet again. It's been two short chapters here recently. <laughs> two very long and chapters. I, and so I, let's I, not call them short. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it felt like forever. But Taylor, whoever the next coach is, I really really hope that they're here to stay for a while and like we don't have to do this we can you know just like we know Brahm is here for a while and we've all settled in and you know we've embraced them and it easily it's easier to do that when coach Brahm is part of the you know royal football royalty here in, in the 502 but still whoever the basketball coach is I hope they're here for a couple of decades you know what I mean like you want to have that stability you want to have that success you know, we went with what two coaches, two Hall of Fame coaches for forty-seven years, yeah. and then if you count the interims, what we've had five or six, five. Ugh, that's just we got we got to settle in. But also too, when you, when you talk about coaches, warts or or the cons along with the pros for us, everywhere he's been is like four or five years. See ya. Exactly. And if you're wanting a coach for the long term. I mean, the first question I would ask if I'm Josh Furt is like, Coach, you, you, you've moved around throughout your career. Why is that? Why would Louisville be different? You know what I mean? That, and then whatever his answer is, 
would I would feel like would make or break the rest of the interview. I, I completely agree. I feel like that's a question you have to ask because you're right. You look at his record. You look at where he's been and how long he's been at places. That's his M.O. is that he comes into a place. He has some success. He gets bored. He moves on to the to the next challenge. And is that because he's been making his way up the coaching ranks and he feels like maybe the Louisville job is is the pinnacle for him and maybe his his wandering days would be over? I don't know. That's yeah. a question that Josh Hurd's going to have to ask. But I feel like it's something that that needs to be asked and and, and it needs to be asked of, of anybody that is going to come into this job is and it has to be framed that way of look you know we've had a, a long history up until recently of guys that come here and stay here and build a winning program and and continue to win uh, at a high level for a very long time and the expectation is that you're going to come in and do, and do the same and if you if you're nervous or apprehensive about that type of an expectation, then this probably isn't the job for you. And that is a conversation that definitely needs to be had. The, that it, it needs to be said that there are extremely high expectations here, and it's going to take a special type of person mm -hmm. to take on those extremely high expectations. And you have to be the, the mayor, and you have to shake hands and kiss babies and, and do all of the political stuff and, and, and be – you know, kind of the face of the program, so to speak. Um, but you also have to win, and you have to win a lot. And there's a ton of pressure with being the Louisville basketball coach. And you're not going to be able to, to to hide like you can do at an Alabama or at an Arkansas or, you know, at, at some of these other places where you have, you know, other things to hide behind. And you're not going to be able to do that here. You are in the limelight. You are in the spotlight at at Louisville and as the Louisville head basketball coach. And for some people, that's not gonna that's not something that they want to be a part of. And that's okay and that's yeah. fine. But you gotta know you, what you're getting you have into. to be honest and you gotta know what you're getting into because it is not for everybody. And, and Chris Mack figured that Chris out. Chris Mack it is, is the not for everyone. Example. Yep. He's a very good basketball coach and I think he'll succeed elsewhere if he gets another coaching job, which it sounds yep. like he wants to do. This just wasn't the place for him. But going back to your point about Musselman, yeah, he's never coached anywhere I think longer than six years. And look, I mean, you could have said the same thing about Nick Saban back in the day. Not that Musselman's gonna be Nick Saban and win a Louisville bunch of national championships, which everybody here would love, but there are some coaches that just bounce around until they get that premier job, and you would like to think that Louisville is that premier job where you build your roots and you're here for the rest of your coaching career as long as you continue to win games. So, yes, even though guys bounce around, you come to a place like Louisville where you've got unlimited resources, and we talked about this earlier on the with Ennis, and that was, I mean, look at the TBT crowds. This is as passionate of a fan base for college basketball as you're ever going to find, mm -hmm. and if you win games, this is the best situation that you can be in. So if you get that opportunity, why wouldn't you take it? Yeah, and I think that's – but but also what goes with that is, like we've mentioned Taylor several times, and that is I, I want there to be and I fully expect there to be a true vetting slash interviewing process where they're not going to have a singular focus a la Mac, a la Payne, in the past two coaching searches, that is not going to be the case this time around. And you're going to hear names. Like we talk about this, you know, every show it feels like. We heard we heard all aboard the must bus. Then now a little bit of buzz with oats. And there's going to be another flavor of the week, you know, probably next week. Let's just sit back and enjoy it. And, and we can speculate until – the hire is made, but you know, again, there's what five more regular season games. 
one more in the ACC tournament at least. I wouldn't be shocked if you won a game in the day of shame and then you lost to a team that, you know, has a pulse in the in the second day. So, but whatever, I mean, the season is, is fast approaching a conclusion, which I'm sure, once again, unfortunately, well, you know, this is the third year in a row that we were saying this. We can't wait for the season to, to get over with. Can't we, wait. That's not a good thing. But we'll see this. Here is a texter's question that um, – and I don't know what Blank said about lowering expectations, but he said, do you think Blank and Baker's standards have been lowered in the coaching search by, by Kenny's subtleness and, and to casually, little by little, lower everyone's standards? I don't text her. I don't know what Blank said. I, I feel like he's in pretty um, lockstep with us with the high expectations yep. and winning. I, I mean, I don't know what he said there. But to your point that you asked in the – in the text, I do think how bad Kenny has failed, and I've said this in the post game numerous times as well, that we've become so numb to the losing that we're lowering. And again, I think the fan base as a whole, I'm not saying we have, but I do think the fan base as a whole, without really knowing it, has lowered expectations quite a bit. And when you're talking about, well, you know, maybe he gets a year or three if he has a winning record. Now, and then just, but like, Save that soundbite, play it back when Louisville's elite again, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I said that. But then when you've been dealt these blank sandwiches for the for the past three years, like it's it's I can see why people would say that. But I mean, you just have, you know, the vast majority are like what what we've been saying, and we're holding this program to the to the standard that it is. And just because the you know Kenny has not upheld the standard whatsoever, doesn't mean that we lower it because he hasn't been successful. Well, and I mean even to an extent, Spencer and I had this conversation Saturday of we were talking about the next head coach and what reasonable expectations would be for year one for the next head coach, and both of us said, you know, maybe if they don't make the tournament in year one but they're at least you know like a bubble team and they just end up on the wrong side of the bubble i think people could get on board with that and then and then know that year two is going to be different but even saying those words those words coming out of my mouth yeah. i'm like that's not that's that's not good enough like the, the the expectation needs to be the ncaa tournament for year one but it, it that just we are so shell-shocked from what we've dealt with the last two years that it's mm -hmm. like even the thought of being almost good enough to make the NCAA tournament sounds better than what we've been dealing with right now yeah and, and that's and that's the issue like it's been so bad where again you have some fans talking about momentum building when you beat a bum Georgia Tech team bums like at home that you were supposed to beat. it's like just and I don't fault fans for it because they've just been lulled to sleep with, with how bad it's been here recently. But I'm still, at the same time, I'm still not going to lower those standards. Just but enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Just like when Florida Louisville State. wins, just enjoy it yeah. for what it is. Yeah, so Florida State won. I mean, when, when Louisville beat Florida State, scored 101 points. It was nice to see the kids smiling and having fun. Yes, it was nice to see that high five each other, and it was nice to see the coaches enjoy it. For as bad as they have been, it was still nice to see them, 
you know, Kenny smiling after a win and not a loss. You know what I mean? Well, so, you couldn't tell if it was a win or a loss. Exactly. No, nobody. Could. He was laughing after losses. He's just merely smiling after wins. <laughs> yeah, yes, but I also what didn't take it to the next level. Well, maybe they're going to turn it around. No, if you were listening to LSL, we told you that Louisville was going to win some games in the second half of the non of the conference slate. We said that there is talent on this roster. Now it's debatable. I would argue that with a competent coaching staff that this team could be a tournament team and I could see if somebody would argue the other way that they would disagree with that I listen I would I can understand that as well but there are talented pieces on this roster certainly the injuries have impacted it some but by and large the injuries that have occurred would simply mean Louisville doesn't lose by as wide a margin now maybe if JJ were healthy would Louisville have more than eight wins maybe but at the same time, okay, so you're ten and what? You're ten and sixteen instead of eight and eighteen. Okay, mm-hmm. but also, you had a full roster and you lost to Kentucky Wesleyan. You had a full roster and lost to Chattanooga and DePaul. The list goes on and on. Arkansas State. So that argument falls on deaf ears. Has Louisville improved? Like you corrected me last week, offensively, yes. But look at the schedule. There is too much talent, despite of, in spite of KP, for them not to win. Especially when you're playing teams that, like Notre Dame, Taylor. If Tyler's playing, I fully expect Louisville to win that game tomorrow night, and they yeah. should. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, having Tyler is is a big difference. But uh, to the point that you made earlier, I mean, when when people wanted to complain about injuries, and obviously injuries had a major reason as to why Louisville lost to Pitt. Now, I think Louisville probably would have lost to Pitt healthy, but being having injuries exasperated that loss and made it worse than I think it may have been otherwise. But still, I mean, people wanted to want to point to, well, look at how injured Louisville is and blah, 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 blah. And, and my comeback to that has been and will continue to be, let's not pretend like they were blowing teams out and winning by 30 and were undefeated before the injury started. They were still bad bef- but when right. they were healthy. Right. So, I mean, it's not – we can blame some of it on injuries – but when the results were the same results, injured or not, you don't your your argument doesn't hold a whole lot of water. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Before we get to James, uh, I want to point this out. Eric Crawford tweeted this out earlier today. It was like the uh, the amount of Louisville home losses by season. And he started with Patino. And, saw that. And so so here so here I'm just going to start reading a bunch of numbers, and you can tell me, um, you know. When there was a coaching change, you're going to be able to tell. So we have Patino's first year, and these are home loss numbers. Three, two, 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 three, four. I sound like I'm like at the dentist. Two, two, four, two, four, one, two, four, one, one, six, four, one, two, eight, thirteen, Seven. <laughs> I'm literally saying it in my head. I'm like Patino, 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 Mac, Mac, Mac. Oh, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Paget, Paget had six. Paget. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean that's Pagese, and then yeah. So Pagese and Mac, they lost eight in 2022. 
And right now, um, Louisville's at seven. I think Louisville wins tomorrow night. I think they they drop at least one, if not two, of the final three. I still think we win at least one of those final three as well. Um, so maybe just me. I don't know, dude. I I watched Virginia Tech just oh, melee yeah. Virginia the other night, mm-hmm. and then we saw what Boston College did to us. Yeah, as oh. well. So I. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think right now, if I ranked him in 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 the likelihood of Louisville winning. BC is going to be last. I think yeah. I think Louisville could beat Syracuse first, Virginia Tech second, and then BC third on that final three homestand. And again, it doesn't matter, right, in the grand scheme of things. No. Whatever. But still, it's just for the sake of discussion. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's another game in that game against Pittsburgh. It was the second consecutive game where the team that Louisville was playing offensively would have been the highest rated offense in the country based on the way that they played against Louisville mm-hmm. as far as the points per possession average. And that's something to watch tomorrow night, Taylor, with, with how putrid Notre Dame is offensively. I mean, if they get going at all, I mean, it's it's an indictment on defense, whether Tyler plays or not. Even if he doesn't play, you should still be able to hold, you know, Notre Dame in check. This could be the ugliest college basketball. This could be a game that sets college basketball back years. <laughs> Just between watching these two teams play. It really could. So so Louisville has the league's worst defense and Notre Dame has the league's second worst offense. Oof. <laughs> Let's go, baby. God. Something's gotta give. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that being everybody's sanity who has to watch this entire man, thing. Yeah. May the force be with you tomorrow night, brother, because you're going to need it. You yeah. might be entitled to financial compensation. Look, Ethan and I both deserve hazardous duty pay for for what we've had to endure this this season. And last, but still, and the year before yeah, that. Well, that's but true. no, but but I, back pay. But I think that back pay would for us be Louisville being awesome in basketball. Yeah. Yeah, like, that'd be nice. Celebrating with fans instead of like, oh, gosh. Yeah, what are we going to do when we actually get to do winning post-game shows where people are filling up the phone lines to call in and talk about how great this team is? I'm not going to know how to react. I mean, I'm in the same boat, man. I, maybe the callers can guide us. I mean, we, yes. I, I, can, I can envision really breaking down the game, certain spurts where something happened, a big play, a big series of plays, a crucial turnover that was forced – Something like that, and remember that alley oop, uh, or, or you know that three point, that and one. It was awesome. The crowd was great. Like I, I'm envisioning that, and it will get back there, dude. I'm telling you, it will get back there one day. I'm, I am certain of it. James, you're up next on LSL. What's going on, buddy? Oh, I promise you, it's going to get back there. You know what? It's going to get back. The problem is we're waiting too long to get it fixed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the big problem I got with this. We're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already know the answer. Like, I don't understand what the big deal is on just making an announcement. I mean, I guess it's about money, I guess. But, I mean, you're losing so much money, you can't afford to keep him. So, like, you might as well just tell us what's going on now and get it done over. Get the ball moving. When you got football schools that are taking care of their business and the University of Louisville is not taking care of their business, that's when I got a problem with it. Um, 
from the administration, from the top, you know, from the, the president calling us wildcats at the pres- at the uh, graduation ceremonies. Did she still got a job? No, oh no, she she was the interim. She has moved on. All right, well, I'm just making sure. We just got just it's so much going on, guys. You gotta you gotta make sure you have your checklist. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to figure out on on a lot of on a lot of levels. We got we got people that call in. And I, I know not, there's not a lot, but there's still people that are still, you know, you, you listen to the the broadcast and they've got ex-coaches telling us that we should be patient and stuff. I just don't know. Like, would this be acceptable down the road? I guess that would be the best thing. If this was happening right now down the road, would this be going on right now? For you all? Um, no, no, no. All right, so then why should I? Is my that's the other, I mean, then why should we? What is the deal? Well, you're you're right, James. You're you're left you're left to just speculate. Right, I, and we don't want to be mean about it and stuff. But guys, we're not stupid. I mean, we're not. I, I, I'm pretty sure that the University of Louisville's got some of the best fans in the country. Um, what is going on? Like, I think James, you I, can't. This can't be. This cannot be acceptable. Even our ex players, our ex players like Luke Hancock today. There's no outrage about it. There's no. This is unacceptable. There is none of this. There's nothing. It's like everybody has accepted this being a loser, and I'm not. I'm not. I'll, I'll call everyone up. I really don't care anymore. I'm at the point now to where if you don't like it, you can go find you another team. That's what they told me to do two mm-hmm. years ago. I think- and I'm not going to. I, I, James, I think I think that I think honestly, the vibe that I that I get, and I appreciate the phone calls always. The vibe that I get is that everybody involved knows it's over. Absolutely, and that is why, like, that's why I think the volume of the anger that we've heard on this show, on post game shows, on the rest of the ESPN Louisville shows, has kind of trail down a notch is because the vibe overwhelmingly is that this hasn't worked there will be a change but we're just not going to make it till the end of the season and I think we're going to get some clarification on that as well I really do because I know there's a lot of people that were upset at heard we didn't understand or agree with the decision not to to part ways after the the uh, the loss of the team up the road I think we're going to have some more clarification when it's all said and done at the end of the season. I do expect an announcement to be made relatively soon after that loss in the ACC tournament. But I, but I, you know, if you're still wanting a coaching change throughout the season or you know with the remaining games, I don't think you're going to get that um, at this point, though. But I, but James, to your point, man, again, this is this has been unacceptable. There's no way around it, and there's going to be a change, but the change is just going to be made after the season. And so I think that that is the overwhelming vibe that I've gotten. Taylor, yep. is that kind of what you sense as well? I mean, people know where this thing is headed. Yeah. It's just kind of like, all right, we just got to get through it once again. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like everybody kind of knows it's it's over, and we're all just kind of waiting at this point. Yeah, we really are. Well, we've been waiting long enough because it's time for our uh, mid-show break, so we're going to take that. When we come back, 
more of Louisville basketball's discussion and also we got to touch on the CFP, the five plus seven model. What does that mean for the ACC going forward? We'll get into that as well. We got the text line on and popping. We'll get to those when we come back. You're listening to Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest running all UFL sports talk show, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Welcome back into our number two of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest running all UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. As Naughty by Nature, not because I hate you, brings us back from the break. T-Money, you want to get into some texts? Let's do it. Bet five. Texter says, at this point, Louisville is in the 300s. We are a non-factor. Any coach that we bring in is an upgrade. We need to get this train back on the track, then get to the players, then make the NCAA tournament. After two or three years of these coaches, we should be back at, in the top 25. After two or three years of any of these coaches. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it, it can be done at Louisville. Um, now, Kathy brought up uh, TJ. I just say TJO. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he has a massive buyout. I'm not sure yes, what the number does. is, but TJ Otzelberger, I believe it is. Yes, and he, yeah, he, I watched that game last night. Man, that was a defensive rock fight, but I, oh, those teams are good. Yeah, it reminds you of what Louisville basketball, what competitive basketball looks like, and it's still pretty good. Absolutely, we went from two wins to the Sweet 16 the next year. Yeah, it, well, I, I was told that it's going to take years to rebuild. But Iowa State is a real basketball powerhouse, as we all know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What has Taylor for you? Let's let's we we talked about the last time it really felt like Louisville basketball was the Michigan whiteout game. Mm-hmm. What was another game before that though that really felt like? For hmm. me, for me, it was the year prior Michigan State. Ryan, yes, Ryan McMahon went Ryan off. Ryan McMahon, yep. He had you know he hit a bunch of clutch free throws. Uh, and that that was one of those games. You're like, all right, all right, Max got okay. Max got us. All right, we're good. Uh, but I think those two, oh, man, it's just been so long. I went. I remember watching that Michigan State game in my living room, and it was right around Christmas time, right before Christmas when they played that game. And I distinctly remember my mom was decorating the tree in the living room. While I was watching that Michigan State, we were all watching that Michigan State game. And I am jumping up and down, screaming at the TV, and jumping so hard that things are shaking in the living room. And my mom is like, if you make me drop one of these glass ornaments Uh. because you are freaking out at this game, I will beat you. So I definitely remember uh, that Michigan State game. I went to the Louisville-Michigan game in the second round of the tournament in Indy. And, man, I had no idea what the next 
weeks, months, and years <laughs> would be like. Right. I remember I was so mad at Anas Mahmood for being, I, I kept calling him Michigan's sixth man because he, <laughs> he gave up so many points in the limited action. Mango was playing well. Who and was I, that that just ate us up for Michigan? Man, I, I don't. Um, oh. Big dude in the middle. Um, was that Wagner? Yes. 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 And I remember I was just so mad. I was like, why is you know why is my mood still in there? You put Mango in because Mango was balling out for that game. I, I didn't get it. I remember distinctly, Anas missed a dunk, a layup, and then gave up two threes in that second half. And then you know we we were we were up I think by eight or so in the first half, and then you know it was all she wrote. We were a two seed. Michigan was a seven, and I was just you know. I, I long to like be mad at that stuff again. <laughs> like right. we were a two seed lost in the second round. I mean, we would all take that now. I remember Absolutely. We got beat by Kenneth Fareed and Moorhead State, how mad you were. People were, you know, texting and trolling and all that stuff. Man, I would love to get back to that. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh right now UConn actually trailing by six uh, to Creighton with about six minutes left to go in the first half. I told of that you. One. I told you. Take the Jays. I twenty nine twenty three right now um, with six thirty three to go in the first half of that one. Yeah. Texture said uh, kind of what we were like um, for James. We got six games. Um, we got six games left, buddy. We got to make it through. Yep. Texture says it's been um, unacceptable from the top down. Heard to KP to the assistants. Texter said, Heard's job is to raise money. Um, is Heard legit or not? A $10 million buyout should not stop us if we're a big-time program. I still think, you know, I, I would still think, I don't know where you fall, Taylor, on this. I still think when it's all said and done, I, th I feel as though that we'll understand why her did what he did i think so, if too. that makes sense I, and i get it i you know i get the frustration but i still feel like you know at the end of um this season whenever we lose in the acc tournament tuesday or wednesday once we get that clarity we're going to be like okay i get it now yeah i think there will be clarity and we will understand what exactly the reasoning was and then i think everybody will be okay. I think everyone will be okay then, and all of the, the criticism of Joshua will, will go away. I'm with you. Texer said, this next hire needs to be a home run. We cannot afford to make another risky hire. If we want to be serious about basketball again, we need someone to be like Drew, Oates, Wade, Beer, etc. Have to get a proven winner. Oh, yeah. You got to get a name. You yeah. got to get somebody that everybody knows. And yeah, a proven winner. You have to. I mean, there's no, like... You know, if, if you have your guy and they tell you no, well, you know what? Go back to him. Yeah. Maybe. Go back and keep going back until he says yes. <laughs> exactly. Because this has to be, like the texture said, like like we've said, this has to be a home run hire. It ha you have to have a proven winner with tournament success that can work with the media, that can and again, we're not saying he has to be, you know, open, openly and, and easily accessible and all this other stuff. But like, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to put your face out there. Like you can't go in the off season and not speak. 
You know what I mean? No. Especially coming off the disaster that was four and twenty eight and you don't hear from your head coach. Um that that can't happen. Don't speak, like no doubt. Is that what we're doing here? Don't tell me because yeah. it hurts. Is right, that why right. KP didn't talk this offseason? Absolutely. Hurt? Absolutely. I knew just what he was thinking. <laughs> uh Texas. But say, we don't know his reasons. No. <laughs> no Stop explaining. Uh that was a good question though. Get it? I I, I like that. See, this is what we're just going to do. We're just going to do song lyrics all night. We're just going to quote song lyrics the rest of the show. Uh, Arkansas is up 67-61, by the way, on A&M right now with a minute and 33 to go. Yeah, Creighton's up nine now with 417 left in the first half. Wow. Well, I mean, look at look at there. Look look. I mean, there's look at there. What you just look at it. Just look at it. Texter said, if Kenny gets the third year, we need to be sponsored by a vacuum manufacturing company. Our motto could be... Year three really sucks. Eh. Yeah, I, there's not going to be year three. No. Um, Texter said, what amount of a buyout do you think Louisville is willing to pay or able to pay? There has to be a number that Louisville will say, not going to pay that on to the next coach. That's a great question. Ooh. Well, who are they still paying? Let's, let's think about that. Who Mac, are they still paying? Mac is through the end of the year. I think it's around one hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars a month for the rest of the year. Then they're done. I think they're done with Jurich, and I think they're done with Petrino. Bobby, I know they're done with Bobby. Okay, so they don't have a lot in the books. It, it's it Taylor. It's going to come down to Louisville's going to have to to hire a coach and pay the coach based on hope, just like Colorado football. They didn't have the money to pay Dion what they're paying him, but you know what? They hired him anyways, and the season tickets sales went through the roof. The attendance went through the roof. That is what Louisville basketball is going to have to do. You know, like I don't want to hear. Well, they, I don't know if they have enough money. Well, they're going to have to find it. <laughs> and yeah, you get to, to a pay. point where it's like, well, can they afford to? Well, they can't afford not to. Exactly. So you so, gotta you gotta take out a loan or or do whatever you gotta do. Yeah, I mean. I want to know um, can can a relationship back to the same footing um, that was here with Jurich with Mark Lynn? I mean, he was he was somebody. I mean, he has his name, his family's name on the Louisville soccer stadium. Yeah, at U of L. Like, where is he in the fold? Can we get him back in the fold? You know, with like a seven figure donation type of fold. Um. You know, we've heard about Junior Bridgman. We've heard about other, you know, other, you know, Jonathan Blue's a name that's been mentioned as, as somebody that would be, um, you know, that is, that is a booster at one time or another that, that gave a lot of money to the athletics. Are they still in that neighborhood of wanting to donate a lot of money? The it, Mark Lynn Buyout Foundation. <laughs> brought to you by, <laughs> yes, um, we can see now with our vision. <laughs> we need to see a clearer future. Yes. So go ahead with the Lynn family. What what what's the title? Buyout Foundation. There we go. Yeah, but like, where are those people now? What is what is the relationship like? Can we mend those fences to get some of those heavy hitters back in there that, that we're gonna need? That's a great question, Texter. I I don't know, man. Just that to be honest with you, I you know I think certainly. They just take Mick Cronin, for example. 
Louisville's not, and they shouldn't pay $60 million for him. Now, if his buyout goes down to a reasonable number, and what is that in this day and age? What, three or four million? Yes. Louisville is looking at Taylor Wright, four to five million on average, with an exception of Musselman, because I think his is less than a million. Yeah, I think so. Like, but Louisville's going to have to budget in terms of a buyout around four to five million dollars, no matter who the coach is, and it could be more, and it could be less. Like we just read off for oats, you know, we're not going to have oatmeal if if Louisville <laughs> can't, um, you know, cough up twelve million dollars. Now, but then again, too, what is the what are the payment terms? What does that look like? Is it over several years? Okay, well then, could you find twelve one million dollar donors? You could. So, so Cronin's buyout at UCLA. He, this is according to the contract extension that he signed back in March of 2022. His buyout is 24 million through March 31st, 2023, 20 million through March 31st, 2024, 16 million through March 31st, 2025. It doesn't drop below 10 million until March 31st, 2027. It drops to 6 million. Yeah. So if if Louisville wanted to buy him out, like it they're would not, be a, yeah. Not you're not. You're not. You. You can't. You can't swing a twenty million dollar buyout. And he is not. He doesn't have that track record to pay that type of money to begin no. with. No. But there has been some discussion with their move to the Big Ten contractually. There's some belief that they can kind of wiggle out of that. Um, by and large, that number. Because they're going to the Big Ten, I think they haven't. They haven't upheld their end of the bargain with nil there's you know there's these potential outs in the contract again that's not me saying that that's just kind of been the buzz uh buzz surrounding that but yeah like mick cronin and i like he's he's in my top five now again i'm not including scott drew or shaka smart who i both would like because i just haven't heard any news about them so i want to i want to throw that out there i'm just kind of kind of talking about guys that have been in some form or fashion connected to the Louisville job with potential interest, et cetera. So that's where I'm going with that. But so with Nate Oates, would he be with, would he be worth trying to drum up 12 million? I would argue. Yes. He's highly successful at Buffalo. He's highly successful at Alabama. He's 49. He could be here for um, longevity. His personality fits. His offensive philosophy fits. How his team plays fits. I mean, can you imagine his Louisville teams in the Yum Center, dude? Off the chain in year one. Absolutely. So, Nate Oates signed that extension at Alabama in February of 2023, keeping him in, Tus in Tuscaloosa from uh, till the 2028-2029 season. So, the buyout for him, uh, let's see, the... If he left before March 15th of 2020, let's see, when did he sign the deal? Was that 2023, I said? I think so, yes. When he agreed to it? Okay, so if he left before March 15th, then he would, uh, let's see, 
his buyout would be $12 million. Uh, in his second season of the contract, his buyout would be $10 million. And in the third season of the contract, his buyout would drop to $7 million. Okay. So right now he would have a it would be a ten million ten million dollar buyout. Oh, so it wouldn't be twelve. Okay. Well it'd be ten million right now. I mean, that is bang for your buck. I mean that gosh, that's that's still a crazy number, but still in today's terms it's reasonable. But Taylor, the one the one the one trend that's emerging, man, is this SEC and Big Ten money hits differently. Oh yeah. And so, and I think that's where you're going to see the gap. Like, you're going to see the gap in buyouts. You're going to see the gap to a certain degree in a lot of programs uh, in terms of salary. I think the big elite brands, you're going to be paying your coaches $10 million plus a year. Their assistants are going to make more money because in those two leagues, you get you got the big two and the power four. The ACC can't pay... Numerous programs, rather, in the ACC can't afford to pay their coach $10 million a year. Now, maybe Clemson and Florida State can, but no other program can. In basketball, what do you think the going rate's going to be for the next coach? I'm going to say, what, $5 million? I think it's going to be between four and a half and five. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be. Now, programs like Louisville can pay $5 million plus a year, but can a Wake Forest... Clemson basketball is not going to pay somebody $5 million exactly. a year. Now, but Ole Miss could. You know what I mean? They so could, that's SEC money be hitting different. It is, man. And so like, so Louisville could make a run at Beard. And, and if Ole Miss wants to, wants to, you know, say, all right, bet, we're going to double whatever. Like, they could. I mean, because the, the SEC, when you get $30, $40 million more per year than your – other brethren in power conferences, mind you, like Kansas in the Big 12, they can pay self big time money, but can Iowa State continuously? Who would have ever thought you'd be concerned about Rutgers or Northwestern when it comes to money? But you've got to be right. because Rutgers and Northwestern are going to make oodles of money with the Big Ten the way that it is right now. I'm interested to see how this new playoff format does it impact whether, I mean, Florida State's leaving the ACC regardless. That's happening within the next five years i would say minimum. I, I, i'd say three yeah i'm saying five years like max it's yep. gonna be before then but with the new playoff format is it possible that clemson north carolina duke louisville looks at the way that it's set up now and you're you might take a bit of a financial hit but you have more opportunities and more access to make the college football playoff versus if you have to play ohio state washington oregon michigan Penn State just to get there, or Alabama, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma, LSU, continue on. And is that been, possible? That's been an argument that we've made on the show too. Like, yep. if the ultimate goal <laughs> is to compete for a CFP national championship, like Clemson, you are tailor made to stay in the ACC. You know what I mean, Louisville. You have an opening for a top 12 spot every now and then. Yep. North Carolina, you're batting your eyes at the Big Ten. Well, if you stay in the ACC, you have a shot at making the playoff much, much more frequently than you do if you were a member um, of the Big Ten. Well, think about last year. The ACC championship game would have been a play-in. Whoever won that would have been a top four seed in the playoff. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So people would have had to talk about that game beyond just is Florida State making the playoff. We would have had to pay attention to Louisville versus team up the road, Louisville versus Miami. There's going to be 30 teams that enter November with a chance to make the playoff. Yeah. So many more regular season games are going to matter. People are talking about the regular season's not going to matter as much anymore. Oh, yeah, it, it was. It's going to matter more. Yeah. Maybe the top end games, maybe the Alabama, Auburns, the Ohio State, Michigans won't matter as much, but those middle of the pack conference games are going to matter a hell of a lot matter more than just yep. oh let's see what decent bowl game they can get into exactly. you thought we were scoreboard watching before oh. man scoreboard watching that last week of college football or the last two weeks of college football it's going to be ridiculous now uh, a couple more texts and then we can kind of transition over into this to the cfp um texter says i don't need to hang out with my head coach but be popular with your fan base yeah yeah He's got to be popular. Uh, Texter said, uh, "OMG to pay six million to Kenny plus twelve million to uh, Alabama to get Nate Oates, and Louisville have to pay Oates four or five a year, twenty to get a new coach." Yes. Uh, a pre- uh, oh my gosh, Josh heard that pressure is on him. Yeah. So I do feel like whatever pain is going to get, I am I as of right now. I'm pretty confident in saying that's going to be taken care of. That'll be taken care of. The, the Nate Oates or any other coaches buyout money, that remains to be seen. But, yes, that is still so much money. Oh, Just, yeah. And, like, Alabama needs any more loot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know what I mean? So, And that's why I pay such close attention to these apparel deals. I know there are a lot of fans want Louisville to go to Nike, and I can understand that. But Nike's not paying Louisville seven, eight million dollars a year, and giving them product. That's yep. that's just not going to happen. So when you're at that disadvantage with the big two within the Power Four, you have to take what you can get. And listen, the ACC teams in the first couple years of this expanded playoff. I mean, they're projected well into fifty million per team. A couple of years after that, they're into the sixty millions per team. But the problem is the SEC, Big Ten, they're in the nineties or the eighties. So it's just like the ACC is still going to make a lot more money continuously, but they're not able to keep up with the Big Two, and they won't be able to because of that ridiculously long meteorites deal that doesn't end until 2036 what about the big 12 they're the fascinating uh conference to me because who's the alpha of that league i mean it used to be texas and oklahoma is it going to be what the acc coastal division has been where what they had seven different winners in Mm -hmm. seven years i could see that happening with the big 12 where oklahoma state tcu baylor trade-off but i'll tell you what big 12 basketball it's phenomenal now just wait till arizona you're getting arizona kansas twice oh yeah all right so Hold that thought because I want to expand upon it. But let's t- let's get Bobby. He's up next on Louisville Sports Live. Hey, Bobby. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. wonderful. Hope you are. All right. So, hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I I honestly have missed the last couple of shows. You guys more of a a Tuesday on and off just because of the I know obviously uh, just because I, I'm a I'm a firefighter we have training on tuesday so i haven't been able to listen to it as many times as i'd like but well, thank we got you for early tonight so i got to hear a little bit of the the first hey man it, it's i'm glad to do it but 
you know, I have things, and I guess I'll start out with the biggest thing that's been on my mind, and maybe you guys can can talk some sense into me, I guess. I know you guys were kind of talking some conference realignment slash, you know, what it, things are going to look like as all these teams actually go to their new conferences. And I guess this is kind of related to that. Um, man, help help me understand, because, uh, you know, we, we've heard the record against from the ACC against the Big 12 this year. It's 9-3 and three from what I understand. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong about that. Uh, and then we heard that the, the, you know, I think the ACC-SEC challenge, I think that split, right? Correct. Am I right about that? Yes. Yep. Why is everybody poo-pooing the ACC this year when those are, according to the major analytics or the major, you know, uh, conglomerates, I, I mean, the ESPN, those are the two power conferences, right? Minus the Big Ten, which the Big Ten, I think, is actually a little bit down this year. I just help me understand why the ACE is frowned upon the last couple of years. And maybe I'm just missing something there. No, Bobby, I don't think you're missing anything at all. I think part of it is that the conference commissioner is not doing a good enough job in shouting out the message or, or hitting those talking points home. You see Greg Sankey everywhere. You don't see Jim Phillips everywhere and to your point too i i think every time you have like so duke and and carolina have been you know the top dogs this season but every time that you have another team like a clemson or a virginia start to make some noise then they have a couple of really bad losses like last night virginia gets blown out 75 to 41 through Virginia Tech. That was rough. And trust me, I know because I had money on that. (laughs) Yes. So I I think, though, despite that early season, so number one, I think it's, it's the messaging has to be better from the conference office. But number two... I think outside of the Carolina, uh, the Carolina and Duke teams, there you just haven't had the stability from the others. Like Miami, they've fallen off. Um, the, the other teams that I mentioned, you know, Syracuse is mid, NC State is mid, Pittsburgh is mid. You know, you have a lot of teams that are could be good, but they should be great. And I think when you have a bunch of those teams in the middle of the pack that keep beating up each other and you only have like really two that, that have set themselves apart from everybody else, when you have, as much as I hate to say it, the SEC playing well, the Big 12, and the, you know their new additions, one of their new additions, BYU, they've been in the top 25 most of this season. I think that, that mixture is why and and I get your point too. I don't disagree with you at all, Bobby, that the ACC's kind of slept on. I agree with that as well. But I just feel like it wouldn't be as slept on if the commissioner was a lot more vocal and singing its praises. And I you know, and this is the thing and I know you guys were just talking about football because Really, it's both sports—not both sports, but both of the main sports that everybody really is into around here. You know, with football and basketball, you see just such a lack of uh, lobbying. I guess absolutely. You know, there there is just you know you don't get the it just means more from the SEC kind of thing. Well, we saw what it meant to mean more this year. You didn't make it to the championship game, so you know, and really, you shouldn't have been in the playoff to begin with, but. Um, you know, it's just, uh, 
it's very heartbreaking for me to see. Now, at the same time, I look at the ACC and I'm just like, hey, guys, yeah, you're right. And, and you guys are both correct. We do need to step up our game in the ACC as far as it's concerned that way. But, you know, I just don't I don't look at the ACC and see a worse product than watching. I mean, I literally just got done watching, I think it was Arkansas, Texas A&M. I mean, Syracuse and, you know, um, Wake Forest, for example, is just as as good as basketball as I just watched. You know, and so it's it's hard for me to stomach that, oh, yeah, the SEC, you know, the middle teams are just better than the the ones in the ACC. And not saying that you're saying that, but, like, you know, I, I look around and I'm just like, man, other than maybe... And I, I'm partial. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to admit my bias here. I love the Big East. But maybe other than the Big East, like, we don't see a juggernaut conference. Maybe the Big 12, but the problem with the Big 12, and, and Bob Alvano has talked about this many times, is they have figured out the, um, what is it, that NCAA evaluation tool. So the, uh, the net. The net ranking. Yep. Yeah. Um, they they play weak teams in the non-conference to build up their offensive and defensive efficiencies, and then they are all highly ranked going into conference play, so every win is worth more, every loss is worth more. But, you know, I guess it breaks my heart because I came up in the years of the Big East meaning something. You know, nine, ten teams making the tournament, nine teams being legitimate threat oh, yeah. to make the second weekend. I mean, you guys know, I'm, I'm talking to an educated crowd here, but it's just, how do you, I guess, how do you, we're never going to have that again, I guess is what I'm hearing. Not not from you guys, but just from the general idea of where college basketball is going. And that, that destroys me, man, because that was truly, as a basketball fan, the most beautiful thing that I can ever imagine was every night you're going to go out and you're going to play somebody that is not only good enough to beat you, but is going to beat the heck out of you while they're doing it. And, you know, we just don't have that anymore. And I, I mean, I guess I understand why we're going away from that with, you know, the transfer portal and everything like that. But, um, and then my, I guess to move on to other things, um, you know, I don't, I don't understand, you know, maybe I'm wrong about this. I, I, and I actually like Nate Oates, but I don't understand the hype for him here. Um, and I'll tell you why. I, I don't know if his defense is gritty enough and, like, truly backbone enough. Because, And maybe that's my, you know, I, I was born in 92, so I, I truly became a fan around 2000, you know, Rick Pitino came in mm-hmm. right after, like, I, I was at the end of the Denny Crum years and, and everything like that, so I wasn't really involved in the Denny Crum years, but, uh, you know, I look at it and I'm just like, we're built on defense around here. We're built on that gritty, hey, you come out here and you give what you got kind of thing. Um, and not saying that NATO can't develop defense, but um, – it it sure seems like his defense is lacking compared to some others. And, you know, I, I just don't want to see, and I hate to say this because, once again, you can't say this without, you know, getting scrutinized, but I, I don't want another Kenny Payne. I don't want to score 90 points a game but still get beaten. You know, that's just not, I mean, I play basketball to this day, and I, that's not the kind of basketball I want to play or see. You know, I want to see effort. I want to see dogs out there, man. And, and so maybe I'm just wrong about that. Maybe I just don't, I haven't seen enough, which I, I will openly admit, you know, 
unless UK is playing Alabama, I don't necessarily seek out Alabama games. But um, yeah, I guess it's just hard for me to fathom, you know, that factor uh, of the whole coaching search. I, I just want to have somebody that comes in here with defense. Now, I'm not saying I want. Uh, Oh my gosh, who's Virginia's coach? Tony um, Bennett. Tony Bennett. Tony what, Bennett. Right, yeah. So, so what about what about Mick Cronin? His teams are known for defense. His offensive philosophy is not overly exciting, but his teams get after it defensively. Uh, he is a nice middle ground, and I I go back and forth between him and Musselman. I actually my favorite right now in the clubhouse, I guess if you want to call it that, would be uh, oh my gosh, why can't I remember his name either? Oh, Shock Smart. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, because he, I mean, he's on the floor. And I hate to say this about Kenny, but there's never a question if Shaka Smart cares if they win or not. I mean, he's absolutely. in a defensive position. He's guarding from the sidelines. You know, it's it's ridiculous uh, to see. But that's, I mean, if I was on the sidelines, that's how I would be if I cared about my team. So, it's just hard for me to stomach the whole Kenny thing. And then, you know, and, and you guys kind of touched on it earlier with, with the Twitter warriors, I guess, you know, uh, I go on some of these and I'm not actually even on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Now I'm actually just on Facebook. Um, but you know, you go to some of these recruiting Louisville recruiting pages now and you see, Oh, well, Kenny's going to get a third year. Kenny's going to do this. And I'm just like, man, you've got to be a bot, right? Like, like you guys said earlier, got got by the bot kind of thing. Like it's just Mm -hmm. like, there's nobody out there that actually thinks this anymore. Correct. But I don't know, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm ignorant to the way the, the larger fan base feels, but I just wanted to call and kind of vent about some of those things to you guys. You know, I love the show when I can listen and uh, I appreciate you guys being on late because uh, it, it works better with my schedule. So <laughs> we aim to please Bobby. Thanks, man. Th- appreciate the phone call. I will say Alabama defensively this season. They're not great. Last season, they were top 10 defensive efficiency. Well, somebody so, just texted uh, Taylor texted into the show and said, Oates has good defensive teams. Look at past teams in the top five of defensive efficiency. So, yes. Yeah. So and they what, were gritty at Buffalo, too. His, I remember his, his defensive teams at Buffalo – or his teams at Buffalo were pretty good defensively. They, they won a couple tournament games. I remember they beat Arizona when Arizona was a four seed, and then I think the next year they beat uh, Bobby Hurley and Arizona State in the first round. Uh, Wake Forest is up 35-22 in the first half against Pitt. You know, Pitt. Of course they are. And uh, Crate. <laughs> Creighton forty three, UConn twenty nine at halftime. I oh wow! Creighton, come on, Huskies, out. what are you doing? Oh no, no, I love this. I told you, Creighton plus two and a half all day. Vegas is trying to tell you, take Creighton. What's your go. payout if they win? What, what are we looking at here? How many uh, shekels did you did you risk on this? I one? put a few shekels on it. Okay, I'm not going right. to say how much until it actually happens. Well, not not jinxing oh, okay. myself. There we go. Okay, I you got know, you. you you don't count your money before you get it, right? That's true. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Um, one more text on this. Oates had Alabama as the overall number one seed last year. Freaking Alabama. Who wouldn't want him here? Exciting style of play. Can recruit really well. Sign him up now. Yeah, I mean. Bet. Yeah. And so, but again, this is the fun part of it. You know, you, you can talk about the what candidates you want, what candidates you don't want. and But regardless, it's going to be an upgrade. So, you know, I just, like we've said before, I would just recommend you have some patience, enjoy it. Like like you said, Taylor, about when, you know, 
I'm expecting Louisville to win tomorrow. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be glad that they got a win. Notre Dame has won four in a row. That's been a common theme. Boston College has um, a four-game winning streak. Pitt, I think, has won five in a row. I would like to see a losing streak snapped. But then at the same time, like when when search season commences, like we're going to hear a bunch of names. Some names we're not going to like. Some names you will. And just soak it all in, man. It's going to be fun. But hopefully, at the end of the day, like we're going to get the coach that, that the fans want. And but more importantly, that wins because I think that you, can, you know if you you might not like <laughs> this candidate. Oh, I don't know about him. Yeah. All right. Well, we're twenty five and eight going into the AC. Okay. Cool. He's all right. Cool. Yeah. I'm fine. He's he's fantastic. You know, sign this guy to a lifetime contract. How yeah. many teams play Division One or just play college basketball? Do, you, do we Division know Division One's three sixty three. Uh, well, they rank Notre Dame four hundred forty fourth in points per game with sixty two per game. See, how is that? <laughs> How does that That's happen when there's not when there's not as many division ones like Yeah. Louisville, you know you don't want to know where they're at uh, as far as assists. They're eleven point one assists per game, tied for three hundred ninetieth. Sweet. Would Love you it. all take the over in Notre Dame's team total tomorrow, regardless of what it is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I probably mm. would take it too. Because it won't be sixty two. No, if this is gonna be a high scoring game. Yeah. You well, think? Well, it's either going to be a high-scoring game. Like, here's – and Bob Balvano used this line. When two terrible teams play each other, usually just bet the over because neither of them can defend. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So I think the big difference, though, is that Notre Dame knows what they want to be and Louisville has no idea. And so Shrewsbury at least Notre Dame coach. has a plan. And Notre Dame has has a has a legitimate coach. Yeah, Shrewsbury is, is legit. He was somebody that, I you know, I was intrigued by had they moved on from KP last year to be quite honest with you. I mean, he turned Penn State around. Are you kidding me? He made Penn State competitive yeah. in basketball. Right. So um, I was just reading this one article from Ross Ellinger, and, and if you want to know the latest on whatever's happening with the CFP, proposals, playoff, whatever, Ross Ellinger alongside Brett McMurphy, in my opinion, are your go-to guys. They are as plugged in as anybody. And I wanted to give you a brief synopsis of what's going on and what the plan is for tomorrow. They're going to be holding more meetings. I think it's virtual and in person. It's in Dallas. And at the crux of the the, the issue is, um, and I'll just read this snippet. The CFP Management Committee, the 10 FBS Conference Commissioners, and Notre Dame's AD are scheduled to meet in Dallas on Wednesday in a critical gathering that is expected to produce ideas and potentially proposals for future revenue distribution, voting rights structure, and format, all of them unresolved issues that are delaying the agreement of a new television contract with ESPN. The SEC and Big Ten are expected to want more revenue and a new distribution model, more authority in a voting structure, and most notably, more access in the new format. Would you so basically, love- they just want to run college football. Yeah. And like everything that people have, have forecasted years earlier is coming to fruition. Then let's just go ahead and... Let's just make two leagues. So we're gonna have the AFC and the NFC. Let, let's just do that's it. Like doing. if that's where we're if that's where we're headed to, then let's just get it over with. But why not? Why not if the if I'm the ACC and the Big Twelve pushing back? I'm saying, hey, like, why do you get more? But because financially, what are you gonna lose? Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna? That that's like, 
yeah, it's like they, they're switching gonna... back in World War Two. They're gonna lose. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna look at them and go, yeah, okay, we, just go back to your corner, and when we're ready to take your teams, we'll let you know. But like, then, just... but at the same time, don't you have to have some sort of? And I think that's what they're going to be arguing. So say it's not unanimous. I mean, what if all of the other smaller leagues are like, no, we're not, we're not, we're not down for that. How could that still pass unless they were to break away and start their own thing? That's exactly what's going to happen then. then. Then they will say, fine, then we're never going to play you guys anymore. Good luck funding your athletic departments. Um, we're out. Man, I would love to be a fly on the wall in these meetings Creighton's tomorrow. up 20. They've, they've made 10 <laughs> oh, threes. I... UConn's made one. Oh, my gosh. Well, Is Kenny Payne coaching UConn's defense? Remember, Maybe. though, remember that everybody has a clunker of a game. This is just UConn's clunker. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has Creighton's a top 15 team. I mean, I don't yeah. know if I would say clunker. Creighton's pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah. But so so UConn will most likely fall to 24-3 and three and 14-2 and in the Big East. Creighton's just making everything yeah. right now. Another one. Another one. Doug McDermott for Louisville. We're hearing that tomorrow, I guarantee oh, you. Oh, there you go. There, there, there you have it. Oh, yeah, the Blue Jays. Greg McDermott. I said Doug McDermott. What Doug McDermott. Well, he'll bring Doug with him, yeah, I'm sure. You know, Doug will retire to be Louisville's From the Pacers, yes. That's right. He's already in the region. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. I... That's where we're getting to. We're getting to an AFC, NFC, and you're either going to be a member of the, the Big Ten or a member of the SEC. But so, but my, my point was going to be this. So, Big Ten and the SEC would argue that they deserve more revenue. And while on the surface that doesn't that's not fair, but then like you could also argue, well, shouldn't they have more? Because well, they've monopolized the entire market, so and they have better teams. Is right? that I fair mean, though? I mean, is is the fact that they monopolized college football is that fair? I don't but obviously I mean, no, it's not. But it was allowed to happen. But I think though too, I mean, those leagues had the foresight. You yeah. know, the ACC was was too slow in reaction always. When it's they typical. finally got their television network, they agreed to a 20-year deal. How about I mean, they could have just said, "Well, how about 10?" Yeah. That's I mean, like it's really typical hate us cuz you ain't us. Like that's that's where everyone's at with with um the SEC and the Big 10. So, but I still think though, I still think you can give and agree to what the SEC and the Big 10 are wanting within reason. So, you want more bids, okay? Well, then you get two. Now, but but what um, he he took a lot of this this info from Washington State's president, who's obviously has been very vocal with with his, with, with he alongside Oregon State. So they're going to get their full money for twenty four and twenty five. But then you know they're going to be on the outside looking in. And again, that's just why the ACC should add them, give Cal and Stanford and SMU. Closer, closer travel partners. And Cal, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said Cal, Cal, Stanford, SMU. Yeah, give them travel partners. But and then two, like you're going to be losing at least Florida State, potentially others. You can't allow your conference to go below 15 teams because that's when ESPN automatically can renegotiate. You can't fall below that number. So why not add a couple more if you can get them in for the bargain price? Get them in for that 30% share, just like Cal and Stanford are doing. And then at least you have a west westward wing, and you could save them a little bit of travel money as well. What you should have done is when you added Cal and Stanford, then 
you should you should have done the old infomercial. But wait, there's more. If you call now, we'll throw in a Washington State and an Oregon State. But then Jim Phillips was asleep. You know, shocker. Yeah, Jim Phillips fell asleep on the couch yeah. with the with the remote in his hand and every, he missed missed the whole infomercial. Every ACC fan currently is doing the Ryan Day when he's like, "I want to know where Lou Holtz is." Every ACC fan, I want to know where Jim Phillips is. Right. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. No, I I think that in ten years. Uh, the ACC and the Big 12 probably won't exist anymore. And I think those teams will be spread out through the Big 10 and the SEC. Or what if, uh, hear me out for a second. So Florida State leaves. We talk about that. They just, they, they find, they finally, you know, bend the knee and negotiate. Because again, if you think about it from a legal perspective, the ACC doesn't want to lose, right? Because that means it's a free-for-all. Florida State doesn't want to lose and be stuck for 13 more years. I think at the end of the day, they end up renegotiate or they negotiate a settlement. Why not see in this expanded playoff how much money you really do, you really are able to make, how many times you can make the expanded 12-team CFP, and maybe – the SEC and the Big Ten get their way, and they expand it to 16 because there's already been rumors about that starting in 26. Okay, so if you go to 16, you're going to have more spots, AQ spots available. Let's see where the chips fall then. And then at the end of the day, once it's 2029, 20, 2030, if, if all you've lost is Florida State, I'm the ACC, I go on the attack and, and try to pilfer – all of the Big 12's top brands. I, that's what you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I I totally agree with you on that one. If you can hold it together until then, then that's what you do if you're the SEC or the, if you're the ACC. But then you have to be aggressive, and you've got to go and just gut the Big 12. Yeah, and and you know you will have time, but I mean, do you do you envision a scenario where Phillips outsmarts Yormick? I don't. Hell no. But if he's smart, he starts those conversations now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Yormick did earlier, and that's why the Big 12 is a hotter brand right now than the ACC. Yep. And while the ACC has stronger tradi- traditional football brands especially, they're not getting talked about because the messaging's been bad. So it's, just, it's, it's frustrating, man, but I think we all see where this is going. Oh, yeah. The Big 2 within the Power 4 is going to be leading the way. And they're going to have the more AQs. They're going to get more of the money. But again, is it going? Is it going to be reasonable? Because you can make the argument that they are earning more of the money. But as long as it's not super crazy, then I think all the other conferences will have to live with it. But then again, at the next cycle with the ACC's overachieving, then they step up and say we need more money because we've earned it. We'll see what happens. So absolutely. Well, that'll do it for us on this late-night edition of Louisville Sports Live. If you missed any portion of this bad boy, it'll be podcasted here shortly. I want to thank Taylor Lynch and Zach Cantrell for uh, being alongside and and powering us through another LSL search season is upon us. It'll be here before we know it. Just six more games. We're going to grind this season out one more time, and brighter days, better days are ahead. For Taylor Lynch and Zach Cantrell and Ethan Moore, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, go cards. Tired of jumping from job to job? 
How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.